Welcome back to another episode of Weekly Comics Monthly. Uh, we can't return again. I am Jim Purcell. And I am Zach Hawkins. And we are back again with our fourth episode. Uh, this episode, we of course, will be focusing on the contents of Weekly Shonen Jump. Uh, in particular, uh, the issues throughout the months of uh, July and August. Uh, yeah, that's number 33 to 37 slash 38. Yeah. Uh, yeah. five episodes uh, five issues this time uh actually we got lucky because we're now we're doing this new format where we're we're staggering our uh, our review episodes the fact that we don't have an issue to review this week uh means that we only have to review five instead of six so mm-hmm. it's a little bit handy to get us back on track gives us to talk about we also didn't have to rush and read an entire issue in a few hours <laughs> yeah Especially considering I was, I, I actually said before we started recording, I did a stupid, I was just sitting around for hours before it, for it to go alive, and um, never turned up. Yeah, never it's unfortunate, because the last few times this happened, there was usually like a special issue with like either a reprint or a, or a bonus episode or something. I guess they just didn't have anything for this this time. Possibly. It's just like I was saying, with, um, like the jump backs and stuff like that, they'd usually, before they started the jump back line... With like reprinting old material for about a few chapters. Right. They used to just like they did it with um, Letter B, didn't they? They just had a whole issue of the early chapters from like a decade ago. Yeah. Um, but they don't do that anymore. I guess they. I guess the editorial team just need a week off or something like that, which is fair. Yeah, it's fair. Um. So before we get into it, um, Zach, you into video games at all? I imagine so. Yeah, a few. Not a, not a heavy gamer, but I do play um, one or two on the go how, how how long have you been a gamer or would you consider yourself having been you know a gamer of some sort um a few a few years it's like well i first got into steam like 2013 i've got about 20 games on there now but i'm not 20, as I said, <laughs> 20. Ha, i know i know no to be fair then a lot of them are like long running story arc games that took me ages to do because i was only doing it for like an hour a day or something like that because I just didn't have the time, but um, <laughs> no, I completely, it's, it, completely understand. I'm not a heavy gamer, but yeah, um, yeah. What was your first video game system? Um, oh, I was a PS One boy. Oh, you did have a PS One. Yeah, PS One boy. Um, Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, the classics, the classics, stuff like that. Um, I graduated to PS Two, and then obviously, like with the new generation PS One and stuff like that, I just skipped all that and went straight onto pc yeah yeah that's sort of where i am i've been i i, my, I got my uh my original nintendo entertainment system in 1989 and <laughs> i've basically been a gamer ever since um i became a pc gamer in the in the early 90s when i got really into adventure games like secret of monkey island and um oh others <laughs> um like uh space quest and uh I've been deliberating over whether I should get a handheld console. Um, I, have, I have a 3DS, and is you have a three? Okay, it is, it is a fantastic system. It is probably my favorite system of the current generation. Okay. Uh that's well. If you really like RPGs, there's a lot of content. Oh, I should imagine so from Nintendo. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's really the the big draw for me because, as I said, I just don't have enough games to like just carry around or anything like that. Right. It was kind of like a toss up between the the 3DS or the Vita. Um, Vita Vita is got some decent games, but it's almost a dead system now. It's almost unfortunate. V- Vita's big problem is because of how you know graphically superior it is. 
Mm-hmm. The, the money needed to make quality Vita games was just so high, it was just too expensive to make them. And so it yeah. just, there was never enough software to really drive sales. Okay. It's really unfortunate because the Vita is a nice piece of hardware. I actually bought a PS TV, which is basically is a Vita in a box that you hook up to your TV. I, I mostly bought it as like a, a, a video streaming box so I could watch like Hulu and Crunchyroll. Yeah. Um, but I can play Vita games on it too. And I could download stuff off the PSN store, which is nice because a lot of uh, PS1 era stuff is all compatible. Um, it's a nice piece of hardware. It's good. It's unfortunately it's expensive and doesn't have the software. Yeah. 3DS has the opposite problem where it has the software and it has the support, but it's a little bit graphically inferior. Well, I, I will say that because um, it, being a fan of like handheld um, fighting games and stuff like that, it's like looking at the Vita, they have. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they, they, is there a Vita version for like things like Mortal Kombat and stuff like that? There's a whole bunch of fighting games on the Vita, like um, Blue Blaze, Guilty Gear. Uh, I think Marvel vs. Capcom 3 got a port to it. Good. Yeah. Um, they all have online play. There's no, but the problem with that is there's no local play on any of them because it's considered a handheld device, of course. Yeah. So I can play them on my Vita TV, but I can't play them locally with my friends like I would if I had a PS3. That sucks a bit. It yeah. does suck a bit, actually, because I do love fighting games, and I always look for opportunities to play more fighting games, which is another reason why I like being a PC gamer right now, because there's a lot more fighting games on PC than there were, like, ten years ago. Mm-hmm. But this is what I was saying about the um, the, the 3DS. Um, the, the, the deal-breaker for the 3DS for me was um, Smash Brothers on uh-huh. 3DS. So, because... I, I I didn't play the original Smash Brothers. That was before my time. Mm-hmm. Melee was around my time, but I never, as I said, I was a PS One boy, so I never yeah. played. Um, but um, Brawl came out right. when I got away. I, I, did I say I skipped the third generation? You did. No, I, yeah, you sort of. I did get away. Yeah. I did get away. I didn't use it as much as I probably should have done. Still have it actually. Well, a lot of people will consider we a, a previous generation system because. It's two okay. GameCubes taped together. Okay, but um, no, Brawl was my jam. It was it was probably it's probably a game that I've clocked the most hours in on my entire life because it was it's it wasn't still is a fantastic fighting game. I like Brawl a lot. So when I heard that obviously they they released a new Smash Brothers, yep. I was just like, well, I don't want to shell out for a Wii U, right? But I might get a 3DS for it. Well, I can tell you, I have it on 3DS. It's the only version I have, and I like it a lot on 3DS. I, I've seen screen grabs of it, and it's obviously the, the the graphics are compressed. But yes. I'm told that the 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 controls on it, the the movements of it, is not not just adequate, but is actually very very good. Equal, not better than the the Wii U version. I will disagree, if only because. Well, you you probably did you play Brawl? You didn't play Brawl on a on a GameCube controller. You played it on like a Wii Classic remote, right? No, I did actually play it on a um, Cube controller. Cube controller. You know, the there one is that no better into. controller for Smash Brothers than the GameCube controller. That said, <laughs> the 3DS controls are adequate. Okay. That's only the that's the major downside of the 3DS version is that you can't get GameCube controller support on it. Mm. Is because it's just that is just the, simply the most comfortable control scheme for that game. But mm. uh, at any rate, what, um, yeah, Smash Brothers on 3DS is worth having if you like Smash Brothers, and it's a pretty good version of Smash Brothers too. 
Is, all, is the DLC available on it? Yes, all the DLC. I just bought because this. I just want Ryu. Oh yeah, I just bought Ryu. He plays great. He's, he plays a lot different than every any other character in the game. He's got I heard this. Yes, yeah. he, he has input moves, which is bananas. <laughs> I just thought it was absolutely crazy. It's, years ago, you would never have imagined you'd have all the different um, Nintendo and Sega, and I think there's one or two Capcom characters in there. I yeah, could be right, Mega Man. Oh, Mega Man, of course. All together in one game, in one fighting game, you would never, ever, have ever have thought it would happen. And you know what's hilarious? These kind of things happen all the time in Japan. Yeah, uh, there's a, another game on 3DS called Project Cross Zone, mm-hmm. which has characters from Sega, Namco, Capcom. Uh... Wasn't this actually what's happening in the Mega Man Sonic comics at the minute? Yeah, there's they're a just bringing all these different characters. <laughs> yeah, as I understand it, there's a big crossover. It has Mega Man and Sonic are the main characters, but they've got characters from Street Fighter. Um, who else was in this? Uh, Alex Kidd. Uh, I haven't been reading, unfortunately. I, I really like the first Sonic Mega Man crossover, but it was just too expensive this time. There's a there seems to be a lot more tie-in comics this time. Okay, but yeah, yeah, big crossovers are becoming more of a thing. And of course, again in Japan, they got like Super Robot Wars, which has like all the the mech mech series, like yeah, all the different programs. It's 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 crazy to think there's a game where I can play as a Macross character, a Gundam character, and a Vogtoms character all in the same game. I know. <laughs> they had the Evangelion characters in one point. Oh, and Ava characters, and Gurren Lagann, <laughs> everything. Yeah, that that's practically an institution. Mm. And we'll never get them here because the licensing is just in, too insane. Impossible, yeah. Which is to be expected. It's. Sur- I still, I still think it's amazing we managed to get Tatsunoko versus Capcom. Right. That you. So you have a Wii. So you've played that. I've played that. That yeah. is one of my favorite versus games Capcom ever made. I like. It's very good. I like it more than Marvel vs. Capcom Three. Yeah. I think it's a little bit more of a sane game because it doesn't have because the combos in Marvel vs. Capcom Three are just. I can't even tell what's going on half the time. It. it the, the, I paid um, £15 for it secondhand. Um, it was pretty rare by that point. So yeah, I thought, that's, good. That's, I, a good, that's a good deal. Yeah. And um, I thought the £15 was worth it for the um, the opening animation. Yeah. It was just a cool, cool game. It was very good. Um, I really want to play it again now. I might have a couple of rounds later on. For, unfortunately, we can't play each other because Nintendo disconnect, discontinued the online play. Yeah, I've heard that. Okay. So you're a big fighting game fan, eh? I am a bit. It is. I think it's, as I said to do, it's just, it just pleases a part in my brain that it's yeah. easy to slip into and out of because, as I said, I played a few big, long-running story art games, but I played them so sparsely it just got like... Well, we it's, made, it's fun It's fun just to have a button masher. We, we may need to chit-chat about that in, in the future. Because uh, I'm really... If I, if I do I, get 3DS, I'll um, drop... Well, no, well you, play, you play PC. you got Steam, right? Oh yes, of course. We, we could play, be playing Street Fighter Four. We could be playing all the King of Fighters games. I can even get you set up with Fightcade, and we can play all the arcade games. Like, yeah, awesome. that, yeah. I, as I said, I've, I've never really played any of the fighting games online. On the, well, only with like Anonymous. Like when they did still have the Wii um, network system, I did play quite a few of the Anonymous. Um, playing Tatsunoko. Uh, I, I don't remember doing any of the online for Tatsunoko, but I know I did for Brawl. Right. Um, 
that was a, that was a, that was my most disappointing part about Brawl was its online play was just so not laggy. Very, very, well, laggy was his big another big problem. It was just that, so hard. That's probably why it put me off for years. And you always had to play in like four player mode. Yeah, yeah. It was an unfortunate. And that was a bit of a shame. Because there'd always be two people who obviously knew each other and they timed in at the same time on the same server, yeah. and they just team up against. Um, another person or whatever it was that kind of what put me off it um i I mentioned mortal kombat earlier i kind of want to get into the new mortal kombat game yeah i hear mortal kombat x is a pretty good game in general i've I've watched a couple of playthroughs with people like um uh jacksepticeye and people like that on youtube but um I, i just want to play it because i think it's the only game in the world where i'll ever be able to pit jason Voorhees against the predator yes yeah, that's uh, they, they, that's another game that's got some good, really interesting DLC choices. At some yeah. point in the future, we'll get Killer Instinct on PC, and then we can play as Rash from Battletoads. Oh God! Did... <laughs> no way! Did yep. the Battletoads characters actually make guest appearances outside of their own game? No, that that just happened. Did it? Yeah, Rash is now a, a Killer Instinct character. Oh God! It. Fighting games are fun right now. Yeah, they are. As I said, I just like... Well, it makes this. sense because um, Battletoads was created by Rare, and Killer Instinct was created by Rare, and so they're all owned by Microsoft now, so there's no reason not to have them in the game. <laughs> yeah. So, the whole... Um, yeah, we've been talking about games a little while, so uh, we should probably get rolling on to the... Uh, jump, yeah. The jump content. Um, right off the bat, let's let's talk about the uh, the latest um, the latest um, what's the word I'm looking for? <sighs> Jumpstart series. Oh yes. Just real quick, there isn't a lot to say about it. It was called Best Blue, and it was about competitive swimming. And yeah, it's I about think as it's... interesting as it sounds. Yeah, but it's, it's, as I said, it's I think it's trying to ride off the back of um, Free, which is a swimming series. That, I think it was originally a novel, and then it became a TV series, and now it's um, a manga um, about five people, like five kids learning to swim competitively. It was a decent little series. It had massive popularity, um, but um, it, I, I just don't think it... it, it it captured the series. It captured the concept as well as it could have done, yeah. and it Best Blue doesn't, you know, live up to it. I think Free kind of sucked all the um, potential out of the um, the genre. The, the genre. Um, I know there's loads of other swimming series, but oh, I just I'm sure don't... Sport, sports manga are huge. So there's there's yeah. a sports manga for everything. I just don't think. Um, I'd be bo- I'd bother reading any others to be honest, and Best Blue doesn't seem to have secured itself a place. As yeah, a, um, it ran three episodes and we haven't seen it in three weeks, so I don't think it's likely it's coming back. No, it, it probably won't even survive in Japan for more than six months or less. Unlike um, Straighten Up, which I thought was going to do really badly, that was the dancing series. For yeah, a while. yeah, I like I actually liked that one a lot. That was the one about competitive dance. It's um, it looks like it's bound to be a hit because it's in the top five consistently. Really? So, yeah, it, I it's. Want, I kind of want anywhere. that one to come back. I mean, it, it 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 was it was charming in its own way. It's possible. It possibly will if it's like um becomes a sleeper hit with the West or something like this. I thought its two lead characters, boy and girl characters, were really cute. 
they yeah, were, they it, there wasn't there wasn't a sleazy any kind of romance to it like in um, in, in Nisekoi or yeah. in anything else like that. It was a pretty much hand on heart, honest uh, rom com, but the romance wasn't the 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 um, the base um, concept for the series. It was actually it was actually a good dancing series to right. be. Um, I, think that's, I think that's what makes a good sports manga is um, basically it, it tries to teach its audience about something. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, the bad ones are the ones where that kind of use the sport as like the excuse to tell the, the rom-com. Yeah. yeah. So, kind yeah. of like, um, uh, does Beam, does Beam, pun? Is what? I would say there's been one or two other. Um... Cross Manage is a good example of one. Crossmanage was a good one, yes. It was a shame that one didn't last. Um, still not being collected properly. It, uh, in some ways, Food Wars is that too. Food Wars is a bizarre one um, because it does take the um, the sports manga um, structure. Right. It also takes structural elements from other cooking series. I've only read one or two others, but um, Toriko doesn't count. Doesn't count. Uh, <laughs> Um, but it's it, it's kind of Food Wars feels like it's a series that crosses between several different genres, and at the same time, it's kind of carving its own path. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I've enjoyed but the school is completely unrealistic. Oh yeah, of course. but the culinary things they they talk about are fairly grounded in reality. The the um. One of the main ones for the last couple of chapters has always been like the 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 pork pulled pork um, buns. pepper buns. That's basically a, um, like a pie pastry or something like something similar to that. So it, it sounds good, at least. It's yeah. probably realistic. You could probably find a uh, recipe for it online, but um, or in any any cookbook or anything, whatever. But um, I can't cook for the life of me, so. Yeah. Me neither. I wish I could cook. I wish I could cook. It's just too much effort. <laughs> yeah. It gets expensive quickly. That's why this is most unrealistic, because they get to just test everything they want with, like, no budget constraints. Mm. The school just pays for it all. Yeah. That's what, that, That's probably the part I like least about the series, just how unrealistic un, it, the, the structure is. Um, everything else is fun about that series. Characters are all pretty fun. Uh, it's got decent comedy, decent decent romance plots. But Food Wars is otherwise, you know, it's pretty good. It is pretty good. It, it occupies a nice little niche position for me as being something I don't always look forward to, but I don't kind of groan inwardly when I turn the page and I find that it's the next thing to read. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, it's it's been enjoyable the last couple of months, obviously, because it's been all about the um, the, the food festival right. and how right off the bat the the main character is just in um, hot in the red zone, like you basically he's gonna get um, gonna get kicked out of school if he doesn't get in the get in the black. Yeah, <laughs> because um, he just thought he he just thought he could coast the whole thing. With just one dish, whereas everyone else is building these massive restaurants to house God knows how many cooks. And no, it's the artwork's been good. 
at the minute. The whole story's been good. It's a solid little tale at the minute. There's nothing particularly offensive about it. Looks good. Art's always good. Oh, it is always good. Oh, God. Uh, I've got a bit of a horror story about that. I was going... What else has this guy worked on before now? What's he called? Um, Oh, I have no idea. I'll find the artist's name. Shun Sake. uh, Was he the writer? Um, Art by Shun Saki. S-A-E-K-I. Yeah. Um, I, I looked up what he'd done before now. He, he hasn't seemingly done anything else other than Food Wars in the mainstream. What he did before then was mostly um, material for a, a somewhat older demograph. He, he seemed to mainly just draw porn before this. Ah, well that explains uh, all the people's clothes blowing off. At least he's not biased about it. It happens to everyone. It certainly does. <laughs> but no. It, it's been enjoyable this month. I don't think there's anything that's particularly annoyed me about it. It's fun. A fun little series. But I don't think it excites me quite as much as um, One Piece has the last week. Not okay. last week, the whole month. Whole One month. Piece has been great. Um, um, so... Chapter 795 in issue, what is this? This is 36. We get we catch up with uh, the, uh, the the rest of the crew we haven't seen in a while. They've been on the next, you said, they've been on the, what, the next island? Yeah, well, I thought they were. I thought they were going to, it doesn't appear to be the island that they were describing, so maybe right. they got sidelined or something like that. But um, it, they, they were heading to Zhao which I think is the next island. Because um, the whole One Piece structure, obviously, is based on each arc being focused on a different island. Right. And um, now that the um, the Dress Rosa arc is finished, they're going to obviously head off to the next one. But um, I don't know where they are at the minute. Um, Their ship seems to be made of a sponge. I seem to recall that have been a situation a few months ago. No, they're on another island. Yeah. Yeah, and it's got really weird consistency. It's hard to run on the ground. Uh, hmm. I don't know. I'm not really sure where they are. No, yeah, I think it's just supposed to be generic island number whatever because they got they just got attacked by um, one of the emperor's soldiers. And um, obviously, it's just a, t- a little side story that was supposed to kind of be dropped halfway into their story arc. Yeah. Um, so, who is this uh, Kaido, King of the Beasts? Has he appeared before? He's one of the um, the four emperors who, okay. um, like, the, guy, kind of, the, the guys who are above Don Flamingo. Above Don Flamingo, yeah, they're 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 the ones who kind of govern the the New World oceans. Um, they're the strongest pirates. Um, Kado was... No, we, we never saw Kado before. He was only described. Um, and Whitebeard, who was one of the previous emperors, said that he was literally the strongest pirate in the world. I see. And he's like the, the only person who could pen- potentially find the One Piece treasure. Right. So he's, he's basically the only candidate besides Luffy to become King of the Pirates. Um, so there's the one. But this, this the was one. the first time we actually saw him. Okay. So he's a big one. 
He is a big one. Um, <laughs> trying to kill himself for some reason. His hobby is, um, yeah, throwing himself off high places, apparently. But um, it's it was unusual to see um, a character just so casually thrown in. Because there was, there's been a massive build-up for him. It's like he was first mentioned in, like, chapter 100. Really? So, yeah. So long yeah. ago. Long, long time ago. Um, it was roundabout then. But, um... It's... He's not what I expected. No? It's like, I, I, I expected him to be a... Member of Blackbeard's crew... It's because there was a, a a member of Blackbeard, not Blackbeard, um, Gold Rogers, who was obviously the guy who lays the One Piece treasure and um, forehanded himself in and like created the pirate legacy. Um, there was a member of his crew who sold him out to the Navy, and a lot of people were speculating that that he was that unnamed character, but um, apparently it's not. Hmm. Um, it's. I always thought it was a bit of a ropey thing, but I always also seemed to be the kind of thing that Oda would do. Gotcha. Um, but, no, he seems to be a completely new, unrelated character who's... Um, he's obviously not aware that um, Doflamingo's been beaten yet. <laughs> but, um... No, it, it was also interesting to see the um, the, some of the previous characters returning. So you've got... Um, yeah, Nami and... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I forget the other one's names. We don't, I haven't seen them enough to really remember who they're who, what they're called. Uh, Sanji and um, Chopper. Yeah, and okay. Brooke, Brooks the Skeleton, um, I think. Yeah, he is. Um, but this was... An interesting thing I actually found about Nami was... You can find it on um, Google Images, her original concept design um, from like way back in like 1993. And I think if Oda had gone with that design, it would have it, she would have been a much more interesting character. Yeah, uh, she's like so like she's got a cyborg leg and arm, uh-huh. and she's like some kind of half pirate, half Viking thing with metric shit ton of axes and stuff strapped to her and stuff like that. Yikes! It was. And then obviously it's like this is a common criticism for Oda. He can only seem to draw one one woman, one hematype. Yeah, and it's all Nami. <laughs> he used to be able to draw quite a few different hematypes. So it's kind of he probably knows what sells now. Yeah, which is a little bit sad at the end of the day, isn't it? it sure is, and you know he's he's good for it. Oh yeah. But he, he probably he clearly has a signature style, and he, he definitely caters to it. It's a shame. But no, it's um. I, I did like how um, like um, uh, skeleton guy and uh, the other one gets swept away in the water, and Nami's got to go after him because they can't swim because of their yeah, because <laughs> devil fruit users can't swim. So. I think actually, like, out of the entire crew, Nami and um, Frankie are literally the only ones who aren't Devil Fruit users. So right. they're the only ones who can actually do anything useful if the, sh- if the ship sinks. And, and Frankie probably would just sink to the bottom of the sea. Anyway, because I think that was actually a, a pun at one point because he's too fucking heavy. Um, so what you get for being a robot? A cyborg, even. But. Uh, it, as a, it's pretty much the same it's been for the last couple it is, of years. Is Usopp 
Is Usopp a Devil Fruit user? Oh, no, he's not. No, he's not. I didn't think no, so. He's not, no, because he's just a sniper, isn't he? Everyone else is, so... That's um. There's one piece this week is this month basically has just been the wind down art from Dressrosa, but it seems finally like in the last chapter. Yeah, uh, they're on the move again because Nick is after him again. Yeah, the reprieve is over because it took like a week for Luffy to just wake up, which is funny because he wasn't actually the most beat up out of all of them. So yeah, the law was right. <laughs> yeah, Law was the one who got shot like twenty times. So, and he's still somehow up before everyone else. Well, his whole deal is that he can uh, heal, right? He's got, like, heal powers, healing powers. Uh, oh, I'm, no. I'm, it's, un- it's, I'm unclear on his abilities. It's, I think it's like a teleport thing. Like, he can create a bubble and he can teleport things from certain places to other places within the bubble. Right. But, um, of course, I, didn't also- re- I didn't realize he could actually take things out of his own body like that. Yeah. Like, I know he's done it with uh, other people's hearts before now, but I didn't know he could do it with, like, so specific he could take little bullets out. But, um... No, as I said, I've not... That pretty much sums up everything about One Piece this month. Yeah. But it has, it has been an enjoyable wind-down, but also set-up. Yep. Because that's how Oda seems to do things between arcs. He does things congruently. So there will be, rather than be like, say, two chapters of wind down and then two chapters of set up, he'll do four chapters of like split, set up, wind down, set up, wind down, alternating like that. So it's like he's already building on the world for the next story arc, but he's also deconstructing the um, Dress Rosa arc. So hopefully in the next month they'll finally start the next arc proper. Um, so, what else we got? Um, Black Clover. Yeah. Has been pretty good, in general. It's basically keeping to its usual thing, where everyone dismisses, um, shoot, I just forget his name, uh, Asta, Asta and then and then he pulls his sword out and just kicks everyone's asses. Yeah. Showing off. This, yeah, I think this month's also just basically been... Here's a metric shit ton of characters. They're all going to be important at some points. Remember them. Remember them. 400 chapters from now, they'll be important. They'll be important. Oh, no, no, no. I will say, though, Wizard King. Best character so far. Yeah, he's he's a lot of fun because he... Why do I like him so much? I, I think I like him because he... He's not an idiot, I guess. He, he, know, he knows the score. Yeah. He, he doesn't discount things uh, just because he's, you know, elite. Actually, he's a bit like, um, um, uh, what's his name? Mephesto in, um, Blue oh, Exorcist. Oh, in uh, Blue Exorcist. Yeah. yeah. It, I, I don't, it hasn't, we haven't had any of his backstory yet, but I presume he's going to be a peasant like Aster. So there's going to be a bit of irony here with, like, all the, the high and mighty nobles looking down on him. Yeah. Um,. When in actuality they've like been commanded by someone who was born in the boondocks all along. Um, I also kind of like the um, the massively presumptuous uh, Red Lion guy who's basically already declared himself as Asta's rival, even though <laughs> he's got like twenty at this point already. 
Asta, you mean? He's got he's got a lot he's of got, rivals right now. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I do like this new bad the villain who just turned up in the latest chapter. He, oh, the zombie guy with his with his army of I'm not sure if they're zombies or if they're like just constructs of some kind, but they definitely are are, are hor- look horrific. Yeah, very deep sunk eyes and rotten bits of flesh falling off. And I think they might be like shadow creatures because he seems to be able to generate them at will. Yeah. It, um, I think it's been a relatively good month, as I said, because it's just basically being set up for the next arc, which is obviously... Do you know what I got vibes of from this? I got um, vibes of Defo from... Or Defo from 2000 AD. Oh, oh, yeah. With yes. the whole reek thing and the, um, it, it just it that was the first thing I thought of when we saw these um, hordes of it. It definitely feels more like that than it does like something like Walking Dead or something. Correct, yeah, because they're, they're controlled, of course, by like by like a, a leader character. Yeah, they're not just a shambling horde. Yeah, they have purpose, or at least they're being unleashed for to towards a purpose. Um. And of course, of course, all the elites are going to go and kick his ass. But, yeah, uh, they're all going to get their ass kicked. Get a little humility kicked into them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no. One thing I also liked is um, Golden Dawn. The oh, like the super elite ones, the um, the highest ranked wizards. Right. Everyone else is constructing these really cool, like, wind eagles and lines made of flame and stuff. Golden Dawn get the really tacky chariots and stuff like that. Everything just looks naff, but they're, they're still, they consider themselves to be the high and mighty ones. Oh, oh but there's the, um, the Blue Rose thing with Bloody Swamp thing or whatever the hell that was. What? What are you talking about? Oh, the, um, the Blue Rose um, wizards. They seem to create um, Swamp Thing out of nowhere in one panel. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's like a big, big swamp uh, plant monster. Yeah. As, like, a transport device. Hmm. That, that's uh, a bit odd. But um, I think... I keep saying but today, sorry. Um, I think this is just basically, like, the same kind of story arc as what happened fairly early on with Bleach when they just set up the hierarchy right? and all the different like squads and stuff like that and all the different captains because you need and... your captains and your squads and your rankings yeah I mean how else are you going to be able to determine a, a future tournament arc I know <laughs> which um, I'll talk about One Punch Man in a bit but um, that series needs to be going that direction as well but um, yeah. It's been. I, I really like the art. Something clicked with the arts for me this month, and it's. Um, I think I've kind of been underappreciating it, underselling it so far. Yeah, it does. I, I think. I I, I thought it looked good too. It's very solid artwork, especially in comparison to some of the series we've had. Um, jump started. I haven't had. Very good artwork. I know this is the guy's. Um, what's his name? The publisher. Uh, I mean, the creator, even. Oh. Uh, I'll just find out. I just got to turn the pages, and we are Yuka Yuki Tabata. Yeah, that's it. I know this is his second series. He's had published in Jump, so um, second. You remember what the first was? 
Uh, it was a series called Hungry Joker. I've never read it. Um, I just kind of heard about it when Black Clover first started. Right. Um, apparently it was um, like some kind of supernatural series, but yeah, it also had like a a, biz- uh, a weird reanimator twist on it or something like that. It, it was... It's apparently, it was apparently a good series, but it didn't last long. Yeah. As you expect. But... Um, no, not read it yet. It's on my short list. I'll probably get to it someday. Um, no, Black Clover, being good. I yeah. uh, don't have much more to add. Colour pages are nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. A bit too much um, action lines going on where they're not needed, but um, nice colours. I think he uses Copic, and he uses them very well. Yeah, I, it definitely looks like marker work. Um, I'm not, a, I'm, I'm not, you know, an artist or type of or anything, but it definitely looks like he's, uh, yeah, using markers for like uh, gradients and and shading and such. I've played around with it myself, and I wish I was that good. I think, I think he's. Um, I don't know how long he's been active. What other magazines he's worked in? I know I said Hungry Joker was the first one he's had published in Jump. And this Black Clover is obviously his second. I don't know how many years of a veteran artist he is, but I think the artwork, the art quality is good enough to suggest he's been around a while, possibly. This is what's always interested me with things about um, reading manga is the the attitudes are different to Western comics. Uh, Western comic book writers will obviously cut their teeth on things like self-published comics and stuff first. Right. You wonder if, like, there's a myriad of, like, anthologies out in Japan um, that are, like, for new creators to, like, jump into and just publish their early works and... I think that's what the, uh... Cut the teeth. I think that's what all the uh, porn comics are for. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, I, wow. I, I hear, I, that's what I, well, I don't know for certain, but I, that's what I hear, is that a lot of the unofficial, uh... Uh, doujin scene a lot of your like up and coming creators have to go through that to get noticed oh now here i was thinking that i'd one day see like a early works of hirohiko araki published in english and there's no 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 it's all porn it's all porn <laughs> um so you mentioned bleach we should probably talk a little bit about bleach. oh yeah bleach. go on just come on i away. love mayuri oh. Yes, Miyuri's great, isn't he? Has he been he's around for a long at time? this point, he's the only character I actually give a shit about. Yeah, because he's always been probably my favorite character anyway. Has because, he been around for a long time? Uh, he was one of the earlier captains introduced, like round about. I'm gonna mince my numbers here, but chapter ninety, I believe. Okay. Yeah, round about then, but um, he, he's. Unlike all the other characters, which have had like a fairly consistent design, he's the one who's like had the most radical redesigns over his like his face paints changed, his his, um, his costumes changed and stuff like that. But he's always been this psychopathic Got scientist a... type archetype. Yeah, that's what I like about him. And and uh, these latest chapters, I'm kind of been doing what I like what I like Bleach the most for is just having character weird characters fight even weirder bad things like this well, this big hand panida yeah <laughs> it is weird isn't it just 
I don't know what I think with that Kubo at the minute. At times, I just think he's trolling around. Being it's just like if you think about the internal mythology of like Rayo and all the all the things that Kubo has said is like the law of the Bleach universe. The fact that um, Rayo's right arm would be a villain is complete bullshit. Yeah. But I've kind of got to the point now where I'm just like, well, it's Kubo, so I expect it to be bullshit, so I'm just going to roll with it. Um, I've not really, never really been clear on um, the right hand of who you said? Rio. Rio? I think Rio. He's a guy, he was the guy in the pod with the sword through him, right? Yeah. And he's he, like, he, like he the center the of spirit society power or something? I think he yeah, was the god of all creation and yeah. stuff like that. And if you he watch, was... he just absorbed him? Yeah. Okay. I've been trying to figure out what's been going on lately, and I almost think I understand it. I, I've kind of gone the opposite. I've been following for so many years, and there's so many little plot holes and stuff. It's all just You've eaten, lost away, eaten away at my brain to the point where I'm just like reading on a week-by-week basis, hoping that it ends in some fashion. Some fashion that it doesn't leave my blood boiling. But... um. No, as I, I've enjoyed the last couple of weeks with Miyuri. But um, it would be kind of nice to get back to Ichigo and what the heck his deal is, because he is kind of the main character and everything. But this is the joke in the Bleach community now: Ichigo and Orihime and Rukia and everyone used to be the main characters. They used to be the center of focus, and everyone else was just kind of like secondary side characters. It's got to the point now where. Um, Nobody actually cares about Ichigo anymore. In fact, most people think he's quite dull. Um, and most people just want to know about um, the captains and stuff like that. And, but, uh, as I said, the series has changed an awful lot over a decade and a half. Um, but it's, it's, it's not the series I used to fall in love with. I will give Kubo this. His artwork is as good now as it has ever been. But I do kind of think once he finishes Bleach, he should just leave it at being like uh, an illustrator and team up with someone who can actually write when he's not on meds. That's that because that's why Bleach was at its peak because he was on medication. Oh, was that it? Basically, right? Yeah, he was on some kind of antidepressant or something like that, which was, and as soon as he came off it, Bleach's writing quality dropped. Really? Yeah. Sad, sad to say that, but that is what happened. But as I said, fantastic artwork. I really do think Kubo's a great artist, but um, not not that great a writer these days. It's unfortunate. He, he, he can do the crazy bullshit, but he can't do like a consistent, long-running story, which Bleach, you know, is supposed to be. Is supposed to be correct, yeah. You can have all these crazy ideas together. I've always wondered what would Bleach have been like if it followed the um, the legacy type story arc, right? Rather than just having Ichigo. If Ichigo's story had finished at the the Soul Society arc, the the end of the like the the, the third story arc, yeah, then I would have been fine with that, and then moved it onto a different character, like moved it onto one of the the captains or something like that. Fine, but um, the fact that he's always focused on Ichigo has you know, drag the series down a little bit because there's there's a million and one characters and he can't fill out each and every single one of them with a backstory like yeah. he seems to want to. And, and his chapters are noticeably shorter than a lot of other series. Yeah. He, his, he, 
it's what's become known as the cushion series because it's consistently at the bottom of the ranking, but it won't get axed because it's like tradition. Right. Because it's been around for so long and it used to be one of the... Um, is it really that low? Oh, is it really at the bottom? Consistently. Wow. In the last couple of weeks, the only thing that's um, superseded it are Devilly Man and Lady Justice. Oh no, Devilly Man! No, please don't. It, that's probably going to get axed. Kagami Gami's actually been given a boost. Good. It's, it's back in the top ten, so that's not going to get axed. Which is... That's survived a while now, actually. Yeah. That was back in January, and it's still around. That's good. It is good. Keep it. Uh, Bleach... Bring it to co- us. Yeah. Bleach, I have no idea when it's going to end at this point. Kubo said back in 2012 that he'll finish it by the end of 2013. <laughs> We're in 2015, it's still not finished. But um, I think Panida's like... No, Panida isn't the last Quincy, is he? So we've got those other three guys to deal with. Sniper Guy, Four Analog... The right uh, asking asking like Navara, who I will say, baggy pants guy. He's pretty cool. Um, oh, and Uriu, who nobody gives a shit about anymore. Poor Bleach. Um, I sorry, I rant, I ranted on. No, no, you can rant about Bleach all you want. Um, Kubo, get good. Mm. Get good, Strub. So My Hero Academia continues to be consistently epic. Yes. Uh, this this these last four issues have basically been a protracted fight scene with some of the best choreography in the in the book right now. Mm-hmm. It's just you always know where everyone is and you always know you know what they're doing. You don't get confused as to like basic panel to panel continuity. Yeah. I, I did um, like how uh, going up against Stein, uh, Midoriya knew he he wasn't going to be able to win on a one-on-one, so he just sent out a text message to basically everyone on his friend list. And the only person who figured it out was his rival. Thanks, Shoto. I don't think Shoto's actually like a rival. No? I think he's like I think he's literally like a friend friend now, especially after he like. Kicked, kicked Midoriya's ass in the tournament. Right. I think I think um, Bakugo, the explodey guy, is the the rival. The rival, rival. Yeah, that the makes rival, sense. Rival. Um, I'm surprised um, All Might didn't answer first because apparently he could travel at like um, the speed of si- uh, speed of light and all that. Um, <laughs> apparently he All Might's losing his powers though, isn't he? He's getting weaker and weaker and weaker, so he can't actually perhaps turn up on time. But um, I'm surprised more characters didn't turn up in the time it took Shoto and, um, well, everyone else to beat Stein. Because I think he's definitely down after the most recent chapter. Yeah, yeah, that that was a that was a that was a great conclusion to that fight. Broken rib cage, broken jaw. He's not getting up. I do have to say, I'm I am surprised to see uh, Tador to Tadorka um, using both his fire and his ice powers. Uh, I could have swore at the end of the tournament arc he was still unsure about using his ice powers, 
maybe I misinterpreted it that he's now comfortable with using both. I uh, thought it was his firepowers he was uncomfortable with using. Right, right. Because, because be he doesn't. Funny. The whole thing with his dad. Yeah. Um, oh, that's right. He uses his ice powers. He doesn't use his firepowers. No. I think he's he's kind of come over that a bit now because isn't he working for his dad as part of the internship or something like that? Right. His logic being he wanted to know why his dad was regarded as the number two hero when he's such a dirt uh, a dork uh, such a such a jerk. Yeah, Endeavor is an arsehole. <laughs> he's a wife beater. He is. Yay! This yeah. is the kind of guy we want as a hero. Um, kind of guy who mentally manipulates his entire family. It's just ah. Oh. Just to get the. Just to breed the kid he wanted. Didn't work. Well, he got he, he got the powers he wanted, the power yeah. combination he wanted. He, did, he didn't get the kid he wanted. No. But um, I, I liked the team-up idea. Because I don't know what it is, but in, in general in Shonen comics, if the hero was put up against a villain like this, he would take it one-on-one. He'd either lose, he'd... There'd be something where he would still win at the end of the day, single-handedly. Right. He he would be the integral part. Yeah, but um, the fact that Midori did call for for help, it, it, I don't know whether I was looking too deeply into this, but it does feel like um, like an old superhero comic where it'd be like oh a big team up between two characters. And it's like it would be on the cover and everything like yeah. that. It would be a big revolutionary event and everything like that. Hero Academia, I think, successfully straggles being both a superhero comic yeah. and a, a shonen comic, a shonen yeah. manga. It definitely walks a line there. Without um, kind of dipping into one or the other too deeply. Um, I, I, I do agree, because what we have here are basically your three main male heroes that you root want to root for you know their their stories are probably the most interesting of, of of most of the characters and they're all basically working together to stop this dangerous guy yeah um it's it's, it's good it is really good um i really like the artwork this month um i really like kohei's artwork in general uh, I think he's got a very unique style, very fluid style. Everything's got good movement. He knows when to use speed lines and when not to. Um, everyone looks visually distinct. There's no same face going on. Yeah, that's not a problem. You can always tell who you're looking at. Um, he's not afraid to experiment with character designs. Like, even if a person is physically looking like a human, he can give them, like, pink skin or antenna or some people who give big bulking bodies and he's very good at creating new character designs and stuff like that it's like there's a couple of generic heroes in this but they're still visually distinctive right we've got the the guy with the whole native american indian gets up we've got the um the cayman rider looking guy uh, uh the guy with the fin on his head um it's he does put a lot of effort into character design, obviously. Um, I, oh, Stein himself looks cool. Oh yeah, he does look like a Rob Liefeld nightmare, but um, <laughs> he's all he's all he's all uh, straps and swords and pouches. Yeah, this is one thing I actually somebody brought up on another forum. Um, if you look at like some of the older characters, they're designed like 
golden age characters. Then some of the younger ones look like silver and bronze age character designs. Yep. And then every every of the like the students, the new ones, are like kind of new era superhero designs, quite practical looking. Um, with like belt buckles and knee pads and proper boots and stuff like that. Everything looks practical and usable. Right. Um, kind of like an ultimate, the ultimate yeah. type does. Yeah. And and then I guess as I said about Stein looking like a Rob Lightfelt nightmare, maybe he's like a Dark Age hero or something like that, something from the nineties. Yeah, I could see that. I really, I am kind of curious how familiar uh, the creator is with you, uh, uh, you know, American superheroes, because it seems like a lot. He's, I, I think I put on 2000 AD form or somewhere. I said check out his Twitter page because he does post a lot of pictures on there. He's posted fan art for. Uh, Marvel and DC characters quite a bit. He he draws um, a pretty damn good Captain America. Neat. Um, he, he's definitely very familiar with both the big two. Not sure about like Image or Dark Horse or any or any of the superheroes from there. Right. Um, oh no, he did draw. I knew there wasn't a coincidence. I mentioned Madman in the last episode. He's drawn Madman before. Ah. Um, which is pretty cool uh, for such um, an obscure character. I didn't even know it was translated in Japan. Maybe he isn't. Maybe he speaks really good English. Maybe. Um, maybe maybe the maybe there's an entire culture of of, of scanlations of American comic books. Oh, okay. Possibly. Who knows? Who knows? Um, I'd quite like to go to Japan just to find that out. Actually. <laughs> actually, you know what's funny? Um, once again, talking about Savage Dragon. Um, there was a there was a guy on our forums, our Savage Dragon forums, who was talking about. He found this book, and what it was was a translation guide for like the first twenty five issues of Savage Dragon. Okay. That had like all the speech bubbles in the comic like numbered out, so that you could read it along with the American comic and read it in Japanese. Oh. So there's like trans. So like for like more obscure stuff, they have like translation guides put out by. Um, like by, by fans and we were trying to track down a copy of the thing and we didn't have any luck but apparently it existed so it must be like a thing over in Japan there is a culture of, of taking American comics then and um, adding subtitles well not subtitles but like side notes right actually translating the, uh, the bubbles but not actually you know replacing the letters right something like that. It'd, be, it'd be like a separate booklet that you would just yeah. read along with it Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's one way of doing it. Uh, one last thing about Hero Academia is um, something that was brought up on the, the Crunchyroll forum is it seems as likely as any other series to be, if there was a crossover between a Western comic and uh, a manga, Hero Academia seems as good a candidate as any to cross over with a American com- or American superhero comic. Is there any particular title you'd like to see crossover with here, Academia? I think, I think, uh, well, I th- two things on that score. I think, um, like, X-Men would, might be a good choice. Just have, oh, well, like, the, like the Al Ewing kind of, like, new X-Men, yeah. where everyone's kind of young, acad- the Academy kind of era. Yeah. Stuff like you, that. Yeah, okay. You kind of would have to gloss over that Hero Academia's uh, super, uh, history of quirks is a lot different than, like, Marvel or DC's, because... In Hero Academia, I believe quirks are fairly common. Like, yeah. it's, it's unusual not to have a quirk. Yeah. I believe is the case, and they don't allow vigilante superheroes at all. 
It's all no. uh, you get. You, you, it's all very, very uh, managed. So you would have to like fudge that de- those details. Like maybe things are different in Japan than they are in the U.S. or something. But yeah, I think like a group of young heroes, like like whatever form of like new uh, uh, like X Men are go- kicking around right now. Or honestly, I think it might be more interesting to do like a flashback with All Might in his like in his like his prime, like teaming up with like Superman or Captain Marvel or something. Captain Marvel and All Might would be awesome. It would be super cheesy and it would be fantastic. That's right, because All Might has a second form as well. Yeah, his spindly kind of detail yeah. form. Yeah, yeah. Him, him and Billy Bastion hanging out. That would be cool. Um, I I could think of a few titles that would be cool to cross over, but um, I doubt it would ever happen, except outside of fan fiction. Right. Uh, what would I think would be a cool one? I kind of think the tick would be a cool one, but it seems unlikely because it's such an obscure character. Um, I don't know. Tick had TV shows. He's not as obscure as you might think. Mm. He, he's more. He's he's probably slightly more well known than some other characters. No, he's more well known than Megaton Man or Normal Man or anything. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. Now those are obscure. Yeah. Uh. Obviously, it's like inside like the big two. I, I kind of think like um, if we were to look at a Justice League, but like from a young Justice perspective, something like that would work. Yeah, that would. Um, yeah. Or if Grant Morrison was to at some time read here Academia, I'm pretty sure he'd try and put some analog in. Yeah, that'd be that'd be that'd be an interesting uh, addition for like uh, Multiversity Two. Yeah. Um. You said the tick, and I thought of something, but then I blanked on it. Oh man, it was like that. It was. Oh, empowered. Oh, empo- oh, empowered would be a great one, actually, wouldn't it? Because I know Adam Warren's really into. He obviously he's massively inspired by manga. Yeah. But I, uh, I know he reads One Punch Man. I don't think he's read Hero Academia though. I might drop him a line on Tumblr because we've spoken a few times. Cool. Um, I, I might see if um, I could convince him to pick it up. You know, I think I'm, I think I tweeted him once to ask him if he was aware of One Punch Man, and he tweeted back yes. Yeah, he's, he's, I think he's. Put, I don't think he's done fan art for it, but I know he's raved about it a bit on Tumblr. So, um, which is which makes sense because it's the kind of series he'd really be into. Um, I really, really, really want that one. Uh, my dream um, empowered One Punch Man crossover. It would be awesome. It would. I've, the closest we're gonna get is the four-panel crossover that already exists with One Punch Man. Um, or oh, I remember what that series was. It's Dangen Tenshi Fan Club. Oh. It's a. Um, I might email it to you because it's quite a long name, but um, it's a one-shot. It's available online. Um, it's um, Yusuke Murata and One's um, reaction to One. Uh, not One Punch Man. To uh, Sailor Moon. Oh yeah, yeah. You've you mentioned this before. Yeah, it is a magical kind of girl series. Yeah. But the the twist is that the, um, whereas the protagonists of usually those kind of things are like pure and it's always about the better good and always about protecting your friends. The main character is a pompous, arrogant, self-loving egotist. Okay. Basically. It's that kind of character that's so fantastic in One Punch Man. And the, the, as I said, there was a four-panel crossover. But what's more important is, uh, do you remember the first villain from One Punch Man? 
Yeah, like uh, that, that giant Piccolo-looking guy. Piccolo-looking guy. He was in the Dangantenshi fan club. Really? So, shared universe? Possibly. Possibly. Because there's already one other series in what the One Punch Man continuity, so why not make a third one? <laughs> it's It'd be really cool if there was... Um, like that kind of superhero universe. It would never happen in Japan, but if one creator can do it, then why not? Why not? Because Toriyama's been doing it for years, so... Don't call it a comeback. Don't call it a comeback. Um, so I, I read Jayco again the other day, actually. You did? Yes. The whole thing? It, yep. It stands up very well. Especially in, in one go. Uh, I don't like the, the, the Dragon Ball prequel one-shot. Yeah, that felt kind of unnecessary. Not only did it, I, yeah, it was it was just a bit kind of meh. They that you're talking about the one that that introduces Goku's mother, right? Oh yeah, yeah that yeah, that that just kind of did feel really unnecessary. Yeah, it, it was a bit of a misfire, really. Especially since it doesn't really do anything. Like it doesn't really do anything with Bardock, like the, the like the movies did. No, because none of the movies. Excuse me, none of the movies are, like, canon to, like, the comic, of course, so none of those Bardock movies are... Legit. Legit. Yeah, it, it's all hearsay. Yeah. Um, uh, but no, I actually know some people who really dislike the, the last chapter of Jayco, you know, where it actually did properly tie into Dragon Ball. Ties directly in by, yeah, by bringing Bulma in. Yeah. And the rest, um, and the briefs. I, I, I did think that was cool. It was perhaps unnecessary. Sorry, perhaps unnecessary. Yeah. But it was cool. Um, whereas the, the the Dragon Ball one shot was unnecessary. Yeah. Um. So I, I don't see what the criticism was with Jayco as a whole. I still think it stands up as a really good title. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a fun little like comedy series. It's uh, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's got some funny characters. I really like that old scientist guy. I liked him a lot. Yeah. <laughs> So oh, I wanna, anyway, I diverted from what you wanted to talk about. What was the next title? I wanted, I wanted to talk a bit about D, D. Gray Man. Oh, cool. Because yeah. you, 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 you were talking about D. Gray Man a couple of episodes ago and how you liked it a lot, and lo and behold, they decided to make it as Jumpstart series. Yeah. So we've got I, the, I don't think it's a coincidence. I do think um, because it came back, they decided to um, chuck it out. Don't know if that's a sign that they're going to add it. Um, possibly, possibly not. Um, but, that definitely um, suggests that they're not afraid of running it in jump. They've not got an awful lot to lose, really, have they? Because they've already got the line of graphic novels, so they're going to be translating each chapter anyway. Um, so what have you thought of the, the first two chapters? I thought it's really brutal. <laughs> I thought it's brutal I thought, as hell, isn't it? it the Akumas are, are, are really... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're like... Basically, if you're in a coma, you're screwed because there's like you're already dead. You can't be saved. It's not yeah. like yeah, and and like the the the, the, the um the first chapter, which of course is a, a a longer chapter to establish like a lot of manga do, to like do one like whole adventure. The the whole premise of like this Akuma being this uh, dead nun. In, oh wait, no, I got it backwards. It's a, basically the 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 the, um, the husband is he a husband? You might be a husband. Basically, he's so anguished over the death of the woman he loves, he like sells his soul. He sells her soul and his soul, and then he becomes a monster. Yeah. Oh no, no, he sells his soul and she becomes the monster. 
And she possesses him. And she possesses him. It's it's really screwed up. I think the whole po- process as well um, of just, you know, dying, coming back as this horrible metallic skeletal thing. Yeah. And then you actually force your way into your victim's body um, through their um, mouth or yeah. nose or just whatever the hell it is. It's, it, you're right. It is brutal and pretty unrelenting um it's pretty grim all said and done and it does it doesn't get any better um and like they throw in just that little bit of dark humor like how that the robot skeleton is in one of those like um plastic plastic build kits yeah um and obviously um the millennia the earl is just obviously singing happy birthday as his little machination is uh brought into this world he's a great character actually he gets really interesting later on yeah when it's um it's revealed that he's i won't spoil anything but he, he is an interesting little villain later on um but as um he's not actually the main antagonist per well, se of course not but um it's it's cool it's great um Obviously, the second chapter was like part, uh, part one of a two. Bloody hell, I forgot how the nun actually died. I'm just flicking through the first chapter again. I forgot a massive steel cross fell on her. Yeah, just, just, I don't know. I can't remember if it was random, it was just random act or if like it was done on purpose. It was. No, the thread snapped. <laughs> you know, the, the big rope holding it up. Yeah. Who has a cross that big in a church hanging from a, a rope? That's, that's, right directly, you're asking for someone to die. Right directly above the organist. <laughs> that's, that's really that's... stupid. Now I think about it. Uh, so yeah, it's really. Good. I, I kind of hope uh, we get another chapter out of it before it goes away. Um, I think I'm gonna pick up the first uh, book or two at some point. So I'll, I'll give it a try. I'd say it is worth reading. It does tick one or two cliché, as uh, shown in clichés, but um, it, it's still a solid good series for me. I don't think um, Hirano's artwork reached the peak at the beginning. It, it's, it's got a rough kind of essence to it, but I still think it's good quality stuff. I, I particularly like how she uses atmosphere and stuff like that. The, the, the street scenes are all very good, and then you've got the um, scenes with, like... Um, the Earl appearing in the graveyard in front of um, the grieving widower with the um, very stylistic moon. I'll just give you a reference. Page 229 in uh, chapter one. It's with like all the stylistic gravestones and everything like that. It's very 2D in comparison to the rest of it. But I think her artwork in later chapters was absolutely fantastic. Well, I guess we'll find out. She's been around for a while, but she was ill for a bit, so that's why the yeah, series the way for like... Yeah, it was on hiatus for a while, right? It's, it's return is like a big deal. Yeah. Which is... we There was quite a bit of fanfare on that first day it was announced, but now everybody's just kind of lapsed back into, oh, well, it's back, I guess. Yeah. Which is, um, I mean, it's it's great. I'm happy. I've read the new chapter, and it's 
there's a few plot holes, but then that's what you expect from something that's been away for four years when it used to be a weekly title. Yeah. Uh, what else is there? Uh, do we talk a little bit Toriko? Yeah, if you wish. Uh, how long have we been recording for? Oh, a little while. We're going over an hour now. Uh, we can talk quickly about Toriko if you want. Okay. Um, what have you thought of the beginning? Because this has been like the the one where it's just thrown you into the new the new story arc. Yeah, there's a we're we're doing a cooking competition. Yeah, so it's a, that that's a cool twist on the, the tournament um, setup. Um, um, I like all this backstory about this. Um, well, what's his name? Uh, Yuda. Yuda, yeah. He's, He's got, cool. Yeah, it's kind of good and nice to get some backstory on him and what makes him tick. Um, He's definitely... He's got a cool design to him, and... I like him. I like him, yeah. I, I don't know how long it'll be before we see... Um, uh, Toriko and Sunny and Coco and Zebra and everyone like that, because they've all just buggered off yep. elsewhere. So it'll be a while before we see them again, but um, it's nice that he's actually fleshing out the um, the characters who tagged along. Yeah, they it, they are actually getting a bit of fleshing out, which is cool. What, what do you think of these uh, the the villain? Well, yeah, the, the kind of villains of this arc. They got the apparently they're they're they got they're, they're spirits who have like taken over other people's bodies, and they wear masks to like indicate as such yeah that that confused me a little bit was did they use did they wear the mask to indicate that they're not possessed or to indicate that they are possessed or because no uh, one takes the mask off so it, 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 i was a little confused myself yeah that, that i didn't feel that was properly explained but um i might just need to read it again um the villains are interesting food spirits have obviously been around for a while now as a a modus operandi or a a way of um, explaining how the whole gourmet world works. Right. Uh, particularly like how now all five of the main characters have like um, an alter ego, which right. is the food spirit. The, the, the food demon. The food demons, yeah. I'd like to see more of them, actually, because besides Toriko, we haven't actually seen a hell of a lot of everyone else's. Because Toriko's got two. He's got the red blood cells and the white blood cells. So, you know, main character is OP as shit. Right. Um, no, it's... I'm, I'm, hang on. The whole uh, the Heracles, the horse, uh, Nightmare Horse arc, was that, that was like a year ago, wasn't it? The Nightmare... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was about a year ago, yeah. I... It doesn't feel that long ago, but um, can't believe we've only been through the monkey arc since then. Yeah. Um, God damn it, monkey. I kind of hope he turns up again, the Monkey King. Yeah. Because he was a great character. Um, I'm not really digging the villains in this arc, because in the last one, the, the Monkey King was just such a great character. Yeah, he was just like such a very super powerful beast. They didn't actually beat him in the end as well. So I think he is like supposed to be the strongest of the Ten Kings, or is it the whale, the whale, the meteor whale that's in this zone? Um I don't know. One thing I did like was the whole civilization inside a gigantic clamshell. 
Yeah, that's 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 one of those really clever design things that this series has a lot of. Yeah, just really bizarre, really huge creatures. The impossible, impossibly massive size of the the shell and everything that lives in it. I think they say it's something like four times the size of North America or something. Yeah, yeah, it's just impossibly big. Um. I, I, I like how it's going on this arc. It's um, the cooking stuff's cool. The whole scenario with like um, the refrigerator crab and stuff like that. It's, it's this crazy designs, this crazy concepts that uh, Shima Bakura is um, noteworthy for. Yeah, j- j- and then like the, the preparation of like this ingredient requiring like super super gravity and like precision and all that stuff. It's like. And- being able to cut through lights and stuff like yeah, that. Just, just absolutely. Knock, knocking, knocking your prey out by giving it an epileptic fit and stuff like that. It's, I, I, I didn't think the idea of giving it an epileptic fit was a good idea considering Japan's history, but... Uh, right. <laughs> God damn it, Japan. But, um, no, Toriko's been good this month. Um, hope it continues to be good. It's still a highlight for me. Though I don't think it's um, the, the current arc is my favourite. I've been trying to, I've been catching up for reading the volumes, and I'm currently up to the. Um, I think I'm actually roughly up to where I jumped on the series, because you mentioned last month um, that, which is actually where I'm up to the um, massive throwdown between Stargen and Toriko. Right. That that's I've just literally started reading that. Okay. So, so you've, been, you've been reading Toriko right along. I've been reading Toriko to catch up, and I think I've more or less caught yeah, up. Yeah, I think you're get you're you're pretty much where I with you're where I started last where I started three years ago. Mm. Yeah, I jumped on a little after you, so I think I've got about another fifty chapters or so. No, not probably not that much. Twenty five or so, and I'm I'm caught up. But um, no, nope, it's cool. Toriko is always a good read, even if nothing else is good in it. Um, I do think Shimabakura's um, uncertain as to whether he wants to wrap it up or prolong it. It's... What, Toriko? Toriko, yeah. yeah. It's hard, hard to say if he's wrapping up or winding up. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, yeah, Weekly Shonen Jump. I gotta say, the last last month has been pretty good in general. Uh, yeah. yeah one, with One Piece and um, Black Clover and even Food Wars, really, just... Oh, and of course, My Hero Academia. No, it's just, just overall, it's been great. Yeah. Uh, thrill, thrill of the month for me is here, Academia. Um, close second to Toriko. Um, no, Toriko is a second. Um, everything else is still excellent as per World... Uh, not World Trigger. Black Clover is um, growing increasingly in uh, my favour. So that's good. Uh, yeah, good times. It's still an excellent anthology at the minute. It's just a shame that there's not enough One Punch Man. Yeah. And uh, too bad there's no issue this week. But uh, yeah. But that, that means there'll be uh, yeah, there'll be four there'll be four issues. Will there be four issues? Yeah, there should be four issues for us to review next month. Yeah, it's n- nice and tidy. Uh, so what, so oh, sorry. So yeah, last um after last episode ended, you you mentioned a comic to me um while we were chit chatting. Uh, it was called um, what was it called? It was called Bacchus. 
Yes. Which was a series by a creator by Eddie named Eddie Campbell, who is best probably known for the art as being the artist on Alan Moore's From Hell. And that was primarily where I knew him from before. Yeah. yeah so I I'll did. Be honest, I was I'm not a fan of From Hell. I've tried to read it a couple times, but it was always I just never really got into it, and it's so long. It's a very stylized. It's one of those Alan Moore tales that I think is very polarizing. Yeah. And the fact that these days you can only seem to pick it up in like an all-in-one massive volume that is literally the only trade of it around. Yeah. Probably doesn't help some people because you don't have that option of reading it in smaller books. Right. Which is, I know, for a lot of people is a draw because you just don't have to, you know... I know, I know looking at a massive omnibus can be daunting for some people and can actually actively put them off reading it. Yeah. But um, I, I think I like From Hell. But um, Batchus was a new one to me. It was heavily recommended on the 2000 AD forum. Yeah. Um, what it words, is. Words of praise were ridiculous to the point where I was just like, right, I'm reading it. And if I don't like it, it's all your guys' faults. And it. I, and I, and I, I got it. I was reading it off your recommendation. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it because it's really good. It is really good. It's um, odd as all hell. Oh yeah, it's very odd. Um, for those who don't know, what it, what it appears to be about is about um, the Greek gods living in, uh, well, today it was the 1980s is when it was published. It was, a, it's an independent comic from the 1980s. It ran in a number of, I think, magazines. Yeah, um, I'm a little unclear of where it was serialized in. It looks like it was a little bit all over the place, but um, it's it's about um, thematically, it's about living with immortality and how living for thousands of years may not be all it's cracked up to be. Yeah, um, it's primarily about the uh, Bacchus, the Greek god of um, uh, wine and revelry, who has lived for like four or five thousand years, and he's just so burnt out. He's got the deadest face you'll ever see. Yeah, and it's also about um, uh, what? How do you pronounce his name? Theseus. Uh, Joe Theseus. Joe yeah. Theseus, who is the um, the son of Poseidon. He was the one who slew the Minotaur. Um, from from of course Greek myth, yeah. and of course he also has been living for thousands. He's as a demigod. He's been also living for thousands of years, and he he himself has been having struggling with the. With the with the with the um, weight of all those years, although he, on the other hand, is managed to preserve his eternal youth. Yeah. Um. And there's also the the eyeball kid. Yeah. Who is who is probably the weirdest looking character in the entire book. By far. He's got sixteen eyes, or is it was he got eight pairs of eyes? Ten uh, sets of eyes. And he was but two are missing. Yeah, and he was accidentally responsible for the death of most of the Greek pantheon back way back when. Yeah, and that that was kind of um, I, I I in the first book. Just let me check the first book you read was it called Immortality Isn't Forever? Yes. Yes. So you've only read the first book? No, I read I read the second one as well, which was called um, Gods of Business. Yes, that one. That introduces probably my three favorite characters. Yeah. The um, uh, oh, how are they called? They have a name. Chalcon, Creason, and Argoron. I hope yeah. I'm pronouncing that right. The, the 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 trio of, I think they're demigods, but they're also some kind of golem type. Yeah, they want to be they want to be the gods of business. 
basically. They want to they want to steal the uh, the power of the original pantheon of um, Zeus, Hades, and Poseidon. Yeah, they've already got Hades, and they've um, um, yeah, they want. They've managed to get Zeus in the events of the second book, right? Uh, through the eyeball kids, so now they just need to get Poseidon. Problem is, is I don't think Poseidon power actually exists anymore beyond his immortality. Right. Um, so they're a bit screwed with that, but still, um, it's um, they're interesting characters. And what I do like about it is the strong mixture of Greek mythology and gang warfare. Right. It was like it uses gang bosses as a um, uh, analogy for Greek gods of old, and by actually using um, Greek um, mythological characters, it creates a bizarre scenario of these immortal or semi-immortal beings like setting up in modern times yeah uh, in in the underworld of um and such what i find really interesting or at least uh different is how like you have these characters who openly admit to who they are and even guys like the eyeball kid who are visually very bizarre and, like, ordinary people around them don't seem to bat too many eyes at it. They just... Yeah. I mean, it, it's clear that people see them as they are because they mention that, oh, he's a monster, oh, he looks really weird, but yet somehow they still accept it as part of their daily lives. It's, it's kind of a strange thing. Yeah. It is, it's... Uh, that's why I found it kind of unusual because... Um, no, but that was the first thing that made me go, oh, because nobody drew attention to Eyeball Kid's appearance. Was, um, nobody seems to draw attention to uh, Chalcon or Creason's appearance either. Besides right. them, like one literally has gelled up hair, devil horns, huh. and, and the other one's just a big burly bouncer type character. But um, somehow Joe Theseus manages to get away with decapitating a known mob boss. As his head flies out of a window. I gotta wonder, that, that, that scene there where his head gets decapitated and, and the guy starts reminiscing about his life, there's a moment there at the end where he can't find an afterlife. Is it, I wonder if that plays into like a longer part of the story. Possibly. I, I'm only halfway through for the third book. Uh, I found the third book is best read um, episodically. Yeah. Because there's no kind of long-running narrative in that one. Batchus didn't really play a big role. He didn't play any role in the second book. That that's something I wanted to bring up was that he he like he he doesn't appear almost at all in the entire second book. It's all about Joe Theseus. Yeah. And I'm just going to check this, but I think I read it somewhere. That's because Oh, there are no dates listed. Uh, just, I'm just saying that because I'm looking at the pub publishing history in the back of the first omnibus. Yeah. Um, it lists where all the different books were published. And for some reason, I got it into my head that the second and the third book were published congruently. So you had the Joe Theseus and Eyeball Kid gang war, and then you had Doing the Islands with Batches being published at the same time. That that wasn't the case. I thought it was for some reason. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, says so they were published in a book and in a in a magazine called Dead Face. Yeah, it was published in Dead Face from Harrier Comics. Picture. You know, yeah. maybe you know what? It may not have been a. 
it wasn't a magazine. I guess it was a standalone comic. I guess he, I guess it was just called Dead Face, and the the back the Batch's name is like he he retroactively renamed the title. Yeah, well, it's um looking at doing the islands and eyeball kid um, one man show and earth water um air and fire. It's been publishing things like Dark Horse Presents, Trident Comics, Islands, uh, Atomica. Oh, so he's been publishing, publishing all over the place then. Yeah, Cheval Noir. Uh, there was one issue published in... Um, oh, no, Atomica. Yeah, there we go. I've never heard of some of them. But, yeah. Uh, it's um it's definitely like all over the place. You had to be actively looking for it, I presume, um, in order to find it all. But yeah, um, Joe Theseus and just like what to expect from the third one. Joe Theseus doesn't appear at all in the third book. This is all Batchus's adventures, and uh, it's got Hermes and uh, Ares and. Thanatus, the Grim Reaper, pops up a couple of times. Interesting, yeah. Um, Top Shelf apparently has got the current publishing rights, and it's got there. They got like eight volumes of this up on Comicsology. So my plan is to start going through them about once a month. I think. Yeah, they're only, they're only eight bucks a pop, so they're pretty they're pretty affordable. Well, when I got the I got the physical um, omnibus edition yeah. because I've got like the Amazon um, price guarantee thing. It's thirty quid RRP. Uh, I got it for like half that price. So yeah. if I do the same for the second one, I'm getting a buy one get one free really. So, and I'm really enjoying it so far. It's a as I said, it's properly unusual. I didn't know what to make of it at first, but it's um this uh, the second book and doing the islands has like really won me round with it. I think it's just really well written, unusual story. One thing I would have noticed about Eddie Campbell's artwork. Yeah. When he focuses on Batchus, it's really scribbly and um, yeah. sometimes hyper-details, but then when you focus on uh, Theseus and Eyeball Kid, it changes style. You know, I you know, I did, I, I thought that was like his art evolving, but now that you mention it, it does seem to switch back and forth whenever whichever one's the focus character. Mm. Maybe it was entirely intentional. You might be right about that. He, he's obviously a very well, um, very well crafted artist at this point and he can obviously change his styles but um i can see why he's a cult figure because it's not the kind of thing that you could give to someone who's been brought up on the material from the big two and expect them to understand it from the get-go yeah he's a very stylized artist very different very 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 yeah very indie i guess i would i would call it I like his covers a lot, though. His painted covers. Um, they all look really good. So yeah, I, I, really I like I, that first one with Batch just, just kind of staring at you with his one eye. <laughs> yeah. I um, yeah, I'm really glad you recommended it to me because I don't think I would have noticed it otherwise. Yeah. It's interesting, as I said. I think I'm going to say final judgment for when I get to the end of the second omnibus. Omnibus. Yep. But uh, I think that's a couple of months off yet. But um, solid title. Very, very good. Um, was there another book you wanted to talk about quickly? Um, I wanted to just briefly mention... Well, th- that, that one can wait for next time. We'll hold you sure? It. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it'll, be more oh. re- it'll be more relevant uh, on the 2000 AD episode. Oh, I see. 
Um, oh, okay. I would talk quickly then about one Shonen Jump volume I've read recently. Okay. Um, oh. Ultraman? I haven't read it yet. Okay. I haven't read it yet. Um, do, 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 do. If I could just find it, I'd put it here somewhere under all the pile of stuff. Time Killers. Time Killers. It? It's a series of one-shots by the creator of uh, Blue Exorcist. Okay. Uh, it, it contains the, the Blue Exorcist one-shot, the, the original prototype. It also contains um, Astronerd, which I think was published in the English Jump at some point. About a kid who gets visited by three little aliens and he like has to save the Earth and all that kind um, it was an interesting little story, but there's some are silent, some are like text only, te- uh, like actual short stories, prose novels. Um, it's, it's quite a big book actually. It's about uh, 400 pages. And uh, who put it out? Viz. Viz put it out. Uh, I think it's available digitally. Um, interesting little book. Didn't enjoy all the stories, but enjoyed quite a lot of them. Uh, the Blue Exorcist one shot was. Um, basically panel for panel identical to the first couple of chapters so as to be expected it's an interesting little um comic um definitely recommended if uh it's going cheap on a sale or anything like that but i wouldn't pay full rrp for it because as i said it was a very very as with all like anthology graphic novels it can turn out to be a very mixed bag i see but it's an interesting little title I don't know if uh, did the um, the Jump app or the Viz Media app or whatever it is in Jap- uh, in America get a, an update recently? Did what? Oh yeah, the Jump app. Yeah, they started selling uh, manga directly through the magazine. Oh, app. graphic novels. Yeah, yeah. But, but it, see, it, we never had that here. We just had the the Kindle stuff. Right. That was literally the only way we could get it digitally. But now we can actually get an app for it, which is right. pretty cool. I gotta say the uh, the storefront for it's a little bit. Uh, shaky. It's not great. Uh, it's not as good as like the standalone Viz app was, or even just using. Um, Did they discontinue that app? I don't know. They. I don't know if they discontinued it or not. I know I deleted it because I wasn't using it. Okay. But uh, otherwise, um, in fact, I'm going to check something really quick and see if I still have my previous purchases. Well, I know they have uh, a couple of ways you can access it. Like there's the the manga volumes tab. Oh, look, there we go. Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Battle Tendency Volume 2. Yeah, that just came out. And actually, yeah, all my previous purchases through the other app are still valid on the new updated app. I can read all my Toriko volumes through it now. Oh, that's cool. But um, if you look at like the top of it, you have the old series. I find that's the better way to, to find it because there's just like little icons. Yeah. Yeah. That, course, that's that's easier. It does have the same problem the previous app did, where it doesn't have any of the mature content. You can only get the mature stuff through the Kindle app. Well, yeah, that's to be expected, isn't it? We know like parental content and stuff like that. Yeah. It, it's it's a shame, which is actually kind of funny because all you need is kill. I would say is a uh, pretty risque title, but yeah, um, I know it, it, it's weird because a lot of the uh, the rating stuff is like all very arbitrary. Like yeah. the, the the publisher chooses that so and but Amazon's rule if it says eighteen plus you can't put it up for like direct sale you have to like go through a website yeah um like like Amazon does um but 
I don't know. Like, are you really telling me that Rosario plus Vampire should be read by children? I guess. Mm. Most, most, like, what about Assassination Classroom? They wouldn't even run that in Jump because of uh, the title. Now you see that, that that's a really long, interesting story because it was yeah. originally supposed to be released in um, like 2012, but it was the announcement came just the exact day before Sandy Hook. Right. So yeah, that, that would do it. That was really bad timing. Unbelievably bad timing. So they were uh, they probably were going to run it until it just became like really uncomfortable to run a title like uh, yeah. something with that title. Which is, which is funny because I've, I've I've read the first five volumes, really enjoyable series. It's really got nothing that can evenly conceivably because they're not real guns; they're Nerf guns that are used. Right. And that isn't an edit. I've seen the the raw Japanese volumes. They haven't edited it. It's it, that. The weapons used are Nerf guns and, you know, those squidgy rubber knives. Gotcha. It's it's not real murder, it's a game. Also, I think they ran the first chapter in Jump here a couple of months ago. That was... I kind of anticipated they'd follow it up and add it, because that's what they did with Food Wars. Right. But, uh... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's odd, but it's nice that they updated the app. And I'm happy that I can now see I can get the new JoJo volume. So yeah, that's me sorted. Um, and actually, all the JoJo volumes. Well, JoJo's another violent series that's right on here, aimed at JoJo. Yeah, you've got people having their blooming face dogs burned up vertically. I know, dogs set on fire. There's a dog that gets decapitated in part three. A woman turned into a vampire who eats her own child. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's um. I actually, I got the third volume in the post today as well. You know, the first arc? Yeah. Some yeah. Blood. I got that as well. So I'm double dipping for digital and uh, physical. It's pretty much the only series I do double dip on. See, I would, yeah. See, I would, if I was buying it in print, I wouldn't double dip unless I was getting it DRM free. And none of these Viz manga are DRM free. So yeah. there's no- it might be at some point down the line. Maybe I don't Maybe. buy I don't buy a hell of a lot of um, manga uh, digitally anyway. Yeah. So I think if I can make the excuse for one series, just so I can like, I want to get part three in hardback. Right. Because so far all they've got is part three out in like the paperbacks, and they're like heavily edited, like right. censored. Yeah. So right. I'm not, I'm not buying those versions. Um, I want them to re-release it in like unedited, uncensored. Yeah, I'm buying all the I'm, bu- <clears throat> I'm buying all the JoJo volumes through Amazon because unlike because for whatever reason they're cheaper in Kindle version than they are in the app versions. Yeah. All That's right. Fair. I think that pretty much covers everything. Yeah, yeah, I think that covers everything. Um, good. Um, yeah, I don't got anything else to say. Read a lot of comics this last month. Yeah. And I got a lot more coming up. I mean, uh, I've got the new JoJo volume I want to read. Uh, Tenast- uh, Battle T- Tendency Volume 2, Book 2. Uh, you just told me that that um, new Ultraman manga is out. Yeah, and that's really, really, it looks really good. It looks really good artistically. I love the idea of Ultraman, and this kind of looks like a more grown-up version of Ultraman. There's actually a new Ultraman uh, TV series that's actually streaming on Crunchyroll, and these shows are really for kids. Yeah, as much as you want them to be for adults, because they are trying really hard to sell plastic toys to kids. Yeah, basically. Well, the the weird because the, the whole premise is that 
all these small plastic toys are turning into giant monsters, and only Ultraman can stop them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. There's something about it where it could look a little bit better because they're actually using the same plastic toys they would sell to, you know, in stores. It seems like in the show they should look better. Is all. Oh, if we're going to talk about like Sentai and stuff like that, have you read the first issue of the new Godzilla comic? No, Godzilla in Hell. No. Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. That. Sorry. I have not. I want to though because it's done by uh, James Soke. Only the first issue is done by him. Oh, really? Yeah, because as 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 um, I was about to say, Gandalf. Then as Godzilla goes through each level of hell, it's drawn by a different artist. Really? To have worked on him. I don't know who's doing the next one, but it's the guy who did those really cool painted covers for the ongoing series. Really? Um, so, so that makes me want to read it a little less because uh, Soki's um, Godzilla Half Century War is probably my favorite Godzilla anything. It is pretty amazing, isn't it? It's a really good series. It's like everything you like about Godzilla distilled into five issues. I know. <laughs> it is really, really good. I think I should give that a reread as well, actually. The ongo- the original ongoing series wasn't that great. Right. It was um, by oh, the, the guy who wrote the IDW Dread stuff. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, but it got cancelled and it got re- restarted as like this new series. Yeah, with a new writer and a new artist, and that was that, that was um, that was a really good series that lasted for like thirty odd issues. That was a really really good run. But it's over now. It's over now, um, which is why I was surprised about Godzilla in Hell. I didn't know it was happening until I looked at the solicitations for the next week and went, "I'll be having that." Um, no, it's a, it, it was a it was a fantastic first issue, and uh, James Stokoy is one of my favourite artists. I just don't think he does enough. I'm I'm still gutted Orc Stein's not being carried on. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, there was another Godzilla series I was really interested in. It was a uh, Godzilla Cataclysm, which was like a post-apocalyptic Godzilla series. Yeah, that one went past me. Um, I think I need to get the trade of that. Yeah, the, the monsters basically destroy the world and people are living in its ruins and the monsters are still around. So, yeah. that one that's looks- kind of, Yeah, that's kind of always been my thing with the Godzilla movies. It's like, well, when you've destroyed the world, what then? Yeah. They're just going to be like, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I love the Godzilla movies for what they are. It's I like love- a Ultraman and I love all that kind yeah. of thing. I want Godzilla versus Gamera versus Ultraman, the movie. Do you remember the last time Godzilla had an um, an intercompany crossover? It was with Godzilla. Godzilla, oh yeah, that's right. Not Godzilla, uh, King Kong. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, there was also, yeah, there was also TriStar Godzilla, wasn't there? That was in Final Wars. That was cool. Do you know what I really would want? What, what, and I'm serious, so what, what crossover I would really die for? Ultraman, Doctor Who. That would be cool. That would be really, really cool. <laughs> I think that would be something that something just really different because a lot of the early '60s Ultraman have kind of that weird sci-fi vibe to them. Yeah, they be- do feel. I do. I, I do feel like that with like all oh, the really ultra, uh, the early Ultraman is. It yeah. feels like the John Pertwee era. That's what I would say. I'd say Third Doctor, '60s Ultraman, same thing. Unit, yeah. unit, and um, 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 Ultra Q organizations trying to solve some giant monster mystery. 
Oh, talking about um, Doctor Who briefly, have you seen the trailer for the new series? I, I'm actually behind on Doctor Who. I didn't finish the last series, so oh, okay. i got to get caught up. Uh, the other thing is I've recently, while driving a lot between dive sites and so on and so forth, I've stopped listening to music and I'm catching up on the Doctor Who audio dramas. Uh, I've only ever listened to two, and they were both really good. I listened to Spare Parts, which is excellent. Yes, that and was the Cyberman one. That was a Cyberman one. That was excellent. And the other one, um, something about Spires. It was in like Scotland with uh, with a bunch of like fairy tale monsters. I don't remember that one. Yeah, uh, I have my iPod on me, so I can't tell you the title off the top of my head. Uh, City of Spires. That's it. Oh, okay. It was a. It was a. It was a, it was a Colin Baker one. Oh, I see. It was a return. I, I, return to Jamie was in it. Oh, cool. Yeah. No, see, I've I've been listening more to the the spin-off material, um, focus it because there's a lot of Doctor Who TV series. I've watched a lot of the serials, so I think it'd be cool to listen to some of the 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 um, worlds of you know the kind right. of stuff like that. Uh, Gallifrey is a really good one. You've mentioned you're a big Battlestar Galactica fan. I am. You will adore Gallifrey. Really, it's fantastic. It's a sprawling epic. It's the it's the kind of backstory that the planet really needed. The Time Lords are simultaneously these great godlike beings, but they're also these bumbling old men. Um, Romana's the, the president in this one. Oh, cool. So that's cool. Uh, Leela's in it quite a bit. Um, the, the final series, no spoilers, um, it's kind of obvious, um, segues into the Time War. Um Really cool. Uh, the other ones I've been listening to are Jago and Lightfoot. That focuses on the two main supporting characters from the Tom Baker story, Towns of Wayne Chiang. Um, really cool serial. It's like a Victorian era. You know Jenny Vaster and Strax from the, the new series? Yes. It's kind of like them, but without the forced commentary. Really cool um, series. Um what was the other one? Have you ever seen Remembrance of the Daleks? The Sylvester McCoy one. With... No, I haven't seen Remembrance. No, that's... You know you were talking about like whole the, the early... The late 60s, early 70s kind of Ultraman, Third Doctor kind of era. Yeah. Sci-fi, that feeling of sci-fi. Um, that was kind of like a throwback and it had a spin-off for the audio dramas called Countermeasures. That's kind of like a Quater Mass of the Pit type story. Okay. That's a really good one. Um, doesn't make any sense if you haven't watched Remembrance, though. <laughs> and there was one more I listened to. What was it? Oh, it was a series called The Companion Chronicles, which focuses on like um, specific companions. They're less like audio dramas and more like audio books, though. Yeah. It's like you'll have one or two people doing all the parts. Um, if there's one you really want to listen to, it's a, a relatively cheap, I think. I think it's like £4 or something like that, so that would be like $8 digital. Yeah. Um, it's called The Silesian Gambit. It features Fraser Hines as Jamie again. Right. And um, it's just a quick two-part story about um, um, a group of aliens that try, try to hold up a bank. And um, it's really cool primarily not just because it's a simple but very effective story but also because fraser hines does an awesome patrick trouton impression oh. like i thought they'd actually taken like bits of patrick trouton speaking and but they like manipulated it 
no, it's Fraser Hines doing an impression of Patrick Troughton. Really good story. Um, you know, it's unfortunate. There was a humble bundle book bundle that had like all sorts of Doctor Who audio books. Uh, I mean, a big finish shows that I didn't, I didn't, I didn't buy. And it was like all like the Dalek, uh, Dalek War and Dalek Emperor stuff. The Dalek Empire series was great as well. So yeah, I kind of regret not getting all of those when I had the chance. Now, if there's another one, I'd highly recommend it because I actually think the what Big Finish are doing with Doctor Who at the minute is better than... Than the TV show? Yeah, it's sad to say that, but it's true. Well, it's actually not a bad thing to use the TV show to, like, better promote your own product. It's actually very surprising that they've been able to hold on to the rights to keep doing this throughout the, the run of the TV show because you'd almost think the showrunners would want to, like, be the only Doctor Who in town. Well, for, for, for years, um, they could only do stuff for, like, the old Who. Right. But round about like the 50th anniversary and stuff like that, they started to do more things with the new stuff. Like they got new rights. I think the first one was actually like for the last series of Gallifrey. They had the new Daleks on the cover rather than the classic ones. Oh, that's nice. And that was like course, a big teaser. The other so, big one is they got Tom Baker to return as for the, the TV fourth. series. Yeah. Oh, and for the four, for to to play the Fourth Doctor in in some new Fourth Doctor uh, material. Big, big yeah, yeah. material. Which he didn't want, I, I don't think, either they didn't have the rights for, or he never wanted to do it. No, he definitely wanted to do it, but there was some kind of legal reason that meant he couldn't. That's been fixed now, so he's done quite a few things. Fantastic, all very good. Yeah. But um, one of the more interesting ones that they've got coming up is um, Old Doctor's New Villains. So, it's like, um, they'll have a fifth Doctor with Weeping Angels. Um, oh, neat. And a... Uh, Sylvester McCoy will be with uh, a Sycorax story. The, those were the guys from like the first Christmas special, you know, oh, with the, okay. the space rock in the sky. Um, oh, what was the other one? Strax is going to be in a Eighth Doctor story, and um, oh, I think there was another one, but I can't remember. But no, they're doing some really cool things with like fleshing out classic era Doctors with like new villains that have been introduced, like to give them like more of a, like. There's been a metric shit to the Weeping Angel story since they were first introduced. Yeah. And that feels a bit kind of like, well, how come he never bumped into them before? Right. So they're going back and they're like going, oh, well, he did um, kind of thing. Because for years people were saying, well, these these audio dramas aren't canon. And then Paul McGann did his like his prequel for the 50th anniversary and they were literally confirmed as <laughs> canon because he named all his audio only companions. Ah, so um, <laughs> it'd be a bit awkward if you mentioned those um, the, the characters from the movie that nobody cares about. Right. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. I got to listen to more of these. It's just one of those things I haven't gotten around to. It's just there's so many. It's hard to decide where to start. I, I, I did the kind of thing where I, I bought a few physical, went away, never listened to a few and came back and I've started buying the, a lot of them digital now. The problem is, is the first. I think it's the first 50 or the first 100 or so aren't available digitally and probably never will be because um, of the amount of time it will take to go back and render them digitally and uh, right. make them available. And also because these were created back when it was all like physical-only media. Right. And um, it was completely different contracts. They'd have to hunt down every single actor oh, and that, write that out makes a few contracts. Yeah, you would have to. Yeah, because the royalties structure is different. That makes sense. It's So we'll probably never see those first, which is a shame because there's some really good ones that deserve to be read, uh, heard digitally. 
uh, available cheaper, like uh, Dust Breeders and um, Sword of Orion, uh, all really good stories, but you can't get them now because they're either out of print. No, they're out of print. Uh, you can get them for like a fiver physically, but um, online on their official website, but they're selling out at a very fast rate. It's, uh, you know, it's a shame they probably won't be ever heard again because they're not available digitally. But as I said, I think uh, I think we've uh, wrapped up this episode. Yep. Sorry, my fault. I I talked on and on then. (laughs) No, that's cool. It's good to be reminded of this stuff sometimes because I definitely want to get back into it at some point. Um. So yeah. Um. um, Next episode, of course, will be a 2000 AD episode where we'll be reviewing the next four progs. Uh, got some things to look forward to there. I think uh, that new Dark Judges series is going to be starting. That does look cool. Yeah. I like I like Keck W as a writer, so and the art looks really twisted. I don't know if it's going to be like a reimagining or like a, um or or a, like a uh, untrustworthy memory or something, but it could definitely be different. What I, I'd like about it is um, in in the the promotional art, Death takes a background. So Fear, Fire, and Mortis are in the foreground. Yep. I kind of hope it fleshes them out more. Right. So it's like we'll have one chapter about death, and then the rest of it will be two or three parts about uh, Fear, Fire, and Mortis. Yep. Which will be cool, because they're, hopefully then they won't just be the three stooges. They'll be actual threats. Yeah, we can hope, because they're definitely the three I care most about. Yep. Definitely. So other than that, yeah, um, we'll be back in a month with more Weekly Shonen Jump review. Until then, you can, of course, uh, write us at re- uh, weeklycomicsmonthly at, yahoo- at, at yahoo.com. What year is this? Weeklycomicsmonthly <laughs> at gmail.com. Um, you, can mess- you can comment on our uh, website at wcm.guttertrash.net. Uh, and, of course, uh, you can drop us a lot. We don't, well, we don't have a Facebook group yet. Uh, we will someday. But yeah, yeah. You, you wanna, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, just drop us a line. Uh, we'll be here, and we might read your letters on the show. Yep, love to hear. I mean, one thing I was also wondering is, um, in future guest appearances, anyone guest hosts, regular 2000 AD listeners, if anybody like any creators, anything like that. Obviously, it'd be from the 2000 AD side. We'd be incredibly lucky if we heard from anyone from Japan. But um, I think it'd be cool to have like um, a side um, episode where like interview a creator or something. Yeah, yeah, that definitely would be possible if anyone's interested. I mean, I've done, I've run interviews on the Savage Fincast multiple times with comic creators. They're, in my experience, they're pretty easygoing people. Yeah. I'd quite like to get Paul Grist on. That'd be that'd be a turn up. Henry Flint, anyone like that? You know, I, I I'm going to Fort Bubble in a couple of months. I'll I'll mention the blog, uh, the the podcast. See what comes of it. Might get might be able to get one or two people interested. Yeah. If so, anything, I'll if anything, I'll just spread the word. See our subscriptions count increase by <laughs> I don't know five. I don't know. We'll see. By five. A whole number in one day. Possibly. So that's something to look forward to, possibly. We'll definitely be trying something like that in the future. Definitely a possibility. Indeed. So until then, I am Jim Purcell. And I am Zach Hawkins. And thanks for listening, everyone. See you next month. Bye.